Welcome to the Progress Portland podcast. I'm Tim Halber. I'm Kip Silverman. We are here today to have a discussion amongst ourselves. We thought it would be a good time to step away from interviews just for a moment and kind of assess where we're at and what's going on in Portland in terms of politics and the upcoming election. So Kip, what are your thoughts and feelings right now about what we're looking forward to and what's going on right now in, in the local Portland landscape? Oh, I have so many feelings. Top of mind for me is really um, why this change is so important and why we're doing this podcast and why we're so excited to be talking to all the people we are who are following along with the core set of values that we set forth on our platform. What we've seen in the last several months of current Portland City Council some of whom I know personally, is uh, a rejection of what the voters have voted on and for mm -hmm. and resoundingly said we support. Portland Street response comes to mind as the most important of them. Yep. Um, and the commissioner that was assigned to oversee that doesn't believe in it, so it's suffering. And because of that, Portland is suffering. It's unacceptable to me, but other things that have come up recently, the Portland Accountability Commission has come up with a set of recommendations out of the legislation that overwhelmingly passed to bring a independent board to review the actions of the Portland Police Bureau. And the committee was involved in multiple conversations with the community, plenty of time for anybody who wanted to see a particular outcome to be involved in it. And the recommendations that they gave to city council were just totally nerfed. Uh, a, a rejection of the intent of the ordinance and just a bypass of, of basic democratic principles. Yep. yep. Um, and I, I've, that's egregious. Yeah. This was a, like a first moment of understanding, because I'm new to Portland, this is my first kind of disillusionment <laughs> with the political system that because I haven't just haven't had as much exposure. But it's it really is blatantly in the face, stealing away the intent of the voters and sabotaging work that's been done for the last two years, building this system by the commission and then just torpedoing it by bowing to what the police department wants and what the police union is pushing for. Essentially. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, and we saw the, we saw them do do the same thing with charter reform. And 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 for folks listening, if you're not familiar, charter reform is how we got to where we are right now having this podcast in that our previous form or soon to be previous form of government here uh, has been five at large commissioners including the mayor who are elected often with a lot of money behind them. And that has been in place as long as Portland has existed. And it means there's no representation directly from the people or the districts. And the new form of government that's coming in for 2025, which we'll be voting on next year, is four different districts with three representatives each. And we get to choose whom our favorites are out of the three or out of all of them and rank them, and the top three vote-getters will represent that district. 
over the two years of open public committee meetings, which the only sitting commissioner at the time that I'm that I know showed up to any was Joanne Hardesty, who unfortunately just got voted out. There is plenty of time for people to show up and give input and say, you know, I'd like to see a strong mayor, which was actually voted down, or uh, we think this should be changed or that should be changed. There's plenty of time, open discussions. I was part of it. A lot of other people like Candace Avalos was there uh, driving it. And the recommendations came down over the summer, I think might have been July or August. And the sitting city council once again said, yeah, we think the voting public might have changed their mind. So we're going to try to do a strong mayor system. And we're not going to do this. And we're not going to do that. And, And the backlash was immediate. And they all pretty much backed off of it. And That is the first time I've seen a public outcry of that nature in 10 years, push back hard on city council. But it shows their intent is, I I call them the royals because they tend to have a sense of self-royalty and Mm -hmm. govern as such, and and they're not. They're they're elected officials supposed to be uh, following the will of the people, which they don't do. So, Kip, I'm going to interrupt for a second because yeah. I'm, cur- I'm really curious on this. How did we get? How did Portland get here? How did Portland end up with people? <laughs> like, is is it yeah. the power of the business money? Is it? I mean, we always think it's money, right? It's 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 money, local business, uh, apathy among voters. What is it that got us to this collection of people who don't follow the will of the voters? Wow, I think the commission form has worked at times. Like we had Tom Potter, who uh, was Portland mayor and was mayor of the people and, and really brought in a lot of reform and change and is still uh, is well, well beloved. Um, there's been good things that have happened through this form of, of government. But what, what tends to happen, I think, is when a city's challenges is largely ignored over time, things get progressively worse and you start getting reactionary votes. A lot of Portland people are not engaged in local government and politics. And that might be true for a lot of cities, but Portland, for the most part, the last 25 years have been here, has been relatively easy to live here and fun and easy to ignore what's actually happening behind the scenes. Well, because things have been ignored for so long, Things are mostly in crisis, and the pandemic set things off in horrible directions in all Mm -hmm. ways. So I think right now is the time for people to start becoming more engaged in local politics. And having a representative that's actually approachable will make all that difference. But uh, to your original question, yeah, money. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I mean that uh, I think that's the the question that's looming large in my mind right now is when are we going to see that land? Because I think right now, because we're so far out, I feel like the money people and the the people who are going to try to come in and control politics and keep it status quo, anti progressive, are coming. Are they're coming? And I don't know when they're going to land, because right now the landscape looks pretty good in terms of the candidates that we had. Pretty much everybody we look at, their platforms, what they've shown us, what they what they talk about, are shades of progressive. Right. So do you have any thoughts on, on when 
when we think that might happen and who who we're up against? Well, we we have the people for Portland who are not for Portland who have been putting up these giant billboards around Portland saying Portland is a Schmidt show. Mike Schmidt, we love you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. To try to denigrate the work that a progressive DA has been implementing, blaming the city's problems on 110. 110's two years old. These problems have been around for decades. Mm -hmm. So so you already have people, big moneyed interests that are trying to drive a narrative that we're deeply unsafe and everything's awful. I'm not saying crime isn't a problem, but as far as murders go, we're about half of what we had last year at this time. That's better. I I would like to see a city where there is no violence, no murder. I'm a dreamer. But the moneyed interests are coming. They're organizing. There's already a 501c4 out there run by the, I think they're called the Portland Chamber now, which sounds like if anybody's familiar with the Star Chamber from the (laughs) 70s, it invokes nefarious things. They used to be the Portland Business Alliance. Prosper Portland has a really interesting role in how Portland property gets sold. And I'm sure they're going to have a big role in it. And, and pro- um, that's a Prosper Portland is a government entity or they're a contractor or they're a nonprofit okay. that is also kind of a government entity. It's a strange relationship, huh. but they are, I think, hired to manage Portland properties and for the most part have been selling parcels of land, pennies on the dollar, to get what would be inclusive or thoughtful development that generally falls through. And we're not really seeing the benefits from that. I'm not saying that they don't do any good. They do some good. They do some small community grants. They oversee some cool programs. But for the most part, the big parcels of land, like the old post office, has been in limbo for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, They forced R2-D2 out of the spot that they were in. The owner wanted to sell the parcel downtown and was forced to do so, which moved R2-D2 out of being in the central spot where all the services for unhoused people were. And that lot has remained empty, I don't know, 10 years now, maybe. Hmm. Um, uh, I had suggested back then that they should not sell it, but build no-cost housing, have a retraining center, a sobering place to help folks that need immediate help, and to use that space to help the people that need it most. And my comment was deleted off their Facebook page. Yeah, the moneyed interests are coming. They're, They're out coming. there. Um, they're planning, I think, if they go too hard, too fast. The really great reporters we have out there uh, from the Mercury and from Willamette Week, most of the time Willamette Week, you can do better. Um, and even some folks that have moved from the more outside reporting who are now working for OPB are pretty dogged. And we have some good reporters on Oregon Live. So if too many moneyed interests move too fast. It's going to be called out pretty quickly. And I don't think they want that. I think they want to be sneaky about what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that I was feeling that coming. So yeah, we will see how that plays out. I I wanted to first with Mike Schmidt, I feel like if we can get him, we should we should have him in to talk. Absolutely. Mike, please come talk to us, man. Absolutely. Of course, we have to ask you too. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, because he's, he's outside of this election that we're talking about, but it's such a crucial position. Yes. Uh, if you have someone punitive in that position, it just it just changes the entire climate. Right. And it's, it's just really bad for everything. Right. Hopefully we can get him. I mean, is he up for election in November? He is. We'll have, uh, yes. We'll have to yes, out. he is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So okay. so we should have him. And for people playing at home, the war on drugs has not worked in 40 years. It won't work today. It won't work tomorrow. It's a fucking cruel system. So we need to not jail people who are struggling and we need to get them services. It's as simple as that. Yep. I think I've talked to you about the fact that I started following the Portland Police Bike Squad downtown. They have an Instagram account, and I figured I'll try to create a little balance in my life. I'll, I'll see what the cops are dealing with. I don't know how much is being manufactured, right? How much of what they're showing is them trying to prove themselves and trying to prove that they're doing good work. Right. I did feel like, okay, this is where the police and the rubber meet the road, people out in public with guns, with drugs, dealing, that's good work, right? You know, you can't, it's, it's one of those things when you talk about being like anti-police and I'm, I'm abolition all the way. I think we need to, in most places, just eliminate the police, start again, work with mm -hmm. Portland Street Response, all these systems. I can go off on this tangent forever. Yes. However, we can't just completely eliminate having police of some sort. And I felt like watching the bike squad, there is a problem. It's being dealt with in a certain way at the street level where it's happening. Right. And I'm like, that's good. You know, that I'm in favor of that. And I don't right. think someone like Mike Schmidt would be against that either. No, no, absolutely yeah. not. I, yeah. I think I, I'm with you. I, I'm also of, of the belief that my my perfect worlds cannot just be plopped down and replace what exists. I, I wish that was so, but we still live in end-stage capitalism. So, yes. um, uh, and as much as I wished for otherwise, it hasn't changed. Um the community-engaged policing, yes, where you have police who are invested in the community, not commuting into it, who are given the right training, who are given more tools than tasers and bullets, yep. all of that's proven to work well. And the mm -hmm. U.S. Department of Justice versus the city of Portland, which in 2012 came out with a consent decree saying that Portland Police Bureau uses too much violence against its people and needs to do better, has not been resolved in over 10 years. I'm actually on a committee appointed by City Council, PSAP, the Portland Committee for Community-Engaged Policing, which is a critical future for fairness and equity in dealing with people who are struggling. And like you said, Portland Street Response is the biggest tool in, in the toolbox to deal with people who are struggling. And yeah, I don't want violent people running around shooting guns everywhere, but police are reactive, not proactive. Absolutely. What we need is proactive. Hi there, I'm Juan Carlos Ordonez, host of Policy for the People, a show that explores how to make Oregon a more just and equitable place. Right now, more than two in five Oregon families make too little to afford food, rent, and all other basic necessities. Meanwhile, the rich keep getting richer. We did not arrive here by accident. It is the result of bad public policy choices, of rules designed to benefit the rich and corporations over everyone else. Every month, this podcast, produced by the Oregon Center for Public Policy, 
looks into how we can turn things around so that all Oregonians can live in dignity. Subscribe to Policy for the People wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us at ocpp.org backslash podcast. Let's revisit why we're doing this, what we hope to accomplish, and what we really would like to see for the city. Yeah. Um, Portland is uh, near and dear to our hearts. I've been here for 25 years. I've seen a lot of challenges throughout that time, and I've just seen them uh, become exponentially worse. And I think the current form of government is the main reason for that. So having representatives from different districts that are accessible to their constituents and are representing all the needs, not just some of the needs of Portland, is going to be critical for changing that. I'll add that the current city council seems to be fighting tooth and nail to hold on to the things that they feel like they need to hold on to for the rest of their term the way they want to see it, assuming they get reelected. And that's not a democratic approach. Yeah. And we're early right now in a way that I'm pretty excited about being able to look at these these candidates that are idealistic, that are from the neighborhoods, that have really good motivations, really good platforms, really good ideas. And I'm frankly very excited about who we've been able to interview, who we've been able to talk to. There's a lot of possibility right now. Uh, And I just don't want to see it get torpedoed. The business interests are going to push back and they're going to put a lot of money in. So I'm hoping that by what we do here, by you, our audience, that we're able to strategically invest and support these people so that we can change Portland politics for the better. Absolutely. No, and I appreciate that. I I think this long form interview uh, format is going to be really helpful. Because I feel like a lot of these folks that we are talking to aren't going to have the moneyed interest pulling them forward to center them. And I am really, really appreciate you and the conversations we had about what we can do to help and using your expertise to put this all together. So thank you, Tim. Well, thanks, Kip. I, I appreciate your, your background knowledge having been here for so long uh, and being within the belly of the beast. So uh, and, 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 and very curmudgeonly. So uh... <laughs> well, uh, we're a mutual appreciation society. And, <laughs> uh, and we appreciate you, our listeners. Uh, if you yes. are listening to this, please do spread the word. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And we are trying to get stickers, T-shirts. We're going to get everything out there. And we're going to have an event in um, probably in February or March trying to get more attention to this cause. This is a key election. And uh, I think we're going to transform uh, Portland politics. Yeah, please. Thank you. 